So music is an integral part of the experience that we're providing today. My guest is specifically here to talk about that, how we can create a, a better environment, a more conducive environment to create a really great experiences for our guests. Also talking about the legal implications of not using uh, a service that's uh, that's commercially licensed, uh, uses commercially licensed music. It's a great conversation. Tons of takeaways from this one. Don't go anywhere. There's an old saying that goes something like this. You'll only find three kinds of people in the world. Those who see, those who will never see, and those who can see when shown. This is Restaurant Strategy, a podcast with answers for anyone who's looking. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Chip Close, and this is Restaurant Strategy, a podcast dedicated solely to helping you build a more profitable restaurant. Each week, I leverage my 20-plus years in the industry to help you build that more profitable and sustainable business. I also work directly with owners and operators all over the world through my P3 Mastermind program. The three Ps stand for profit, process, and progress. We work with owners and operators everywhere to help them increase the profitability of their restaurants. So if you struggle to generate consistent, predictable 20% profits, then please get in touch. Set up a free coaching session with me or someone from my team. Visit restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash schedule. As always, you'll find that link in the show notes. We all know managing costs is one of the most important parts of running a profitable restaurant, especially now. But between fluctuating vendor prices, waste, labor, and the never-ending list of tasks that demand your attention on a daily basis, it can be challenging for even the most experienced of us to manage costs well. That's where Margin Edge comes in. Margin Edge is a complete restaurant management software that automatically uses data from your POS and your invoices to show you your food and labor costs in real time. Don't wait until it's too late. Margin Edge gives you tools to make decisions in the moment, like a daily P&L, price alerts on key ingredients, and real-time plate costs, all without ever having to touch a spreadsheet. Take control of your costs, work more efficiently, and be more profitable. Learn more at marginedge.com chip. As always, you'll find that link in the show notes. Now, as I said at the top, my guest on today's show is Ola Sars. He's the CEO and founder of a company called Soundtrack Your Brand. He's also the co-founder of a little uh, company you might have heard of called Beats Music, which was acquired a while back by Apple Music. He's a very smart guy here to talk to us about commercially licensed um, uh, music, um, how to use music to create better experiences for your guest. Ola, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. I appreciate you taking the time. Um, Let's give the audience some context. Uh, so the quick little overview that I gave does not do justice to who you are and what you've done. So obviously music is a passion of yours. Um, take me all the way back. Tell, to, tell me the quick story of, uh, of who you are, where you came from, and, and how you got to where you're at now. Right. So I think I'll try to keep it short. I've been doing the same thing now for 15 years, but in different formations. And, and it's basically trying to help fix the music industry um, by improving monetization of music and improving the services provided to us consumers or now with soundtrack to business owners. Um, so in short, I've been trying to use technology, um, adopting to the digital 
uh, digitization of music in order to deliver services to us as consumers that deliver the right music for us, depending on who we are and what mood we're in or um, what context we're in. And, and now I'm trying to do the same thing for businesses, delivering the right music to the right place at the right time. So business owners, restaurant entrepreneurs can use music to build their brands and to develop their customer relationships and to do better business, basically. Um, and I've been doing that in both in the consumer markets, obviously, um, and then moving into the B2B market where I started Soundtrack together with Spotify. Um, it was initially called Spotify for Business, which pretty much describes is what I'm doing. Uh, and now we, we are an independent um, brand and service worldwide called Soundtrack. So, and, and I understand you're trying to serve both the businesses, uh, so the consumer side, right? The people who listen to the music and the people who create the music because, um, and there's other services out there um, over the years because music has to be licensed, right? You, you put on a playlist, you play it for hundreds of people a night. Uh, there are artists who aren't, uh, there are artists, there are studios, there are uh, producers who aren't getting compensated for the thing that they created. Talk a little bit about that because I don't know that... I don't know that everybody truly understands that. And interestingly, before I got into restaurants, uh, I came from uh, the arts world, right? I've got my uh, undergrad in uh, in theater. So understanding sort of royalties and what licensing is and all of that, I understand it, but it, it dawned on me that many people in our industry didn't understand it. So why don't we start there? I think that will give um, a really good uh, foundation to stand upon to have the rest of the conversation. Sure. Um, so when I was building services in the consumer markets, uh, Beats Music, Apple Music, helping out at Spotify in the beginning, um, we were fixing a problem in that market where, if you guys remember, um, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, everyone was downloading music files from LimeWire or, you know, <laughs> shady services around the world. And basically artists and songwriters were, were you know, struggling to survive. They're yep. still struggling. But at that time, actually, the whole industry was, you know, pirated by um, illegal file sharing. So fast forward, right, until 2000 and maybe, you know, 18 uh, 2017, we started really seeing streaming breakthrough and everyone kind of confirming the fact that that is the model that for the future. And now look at all us consumers using um, either Apple, Spotify, Amazon as consumers. And that industry is now working. It's been fixed. Um, it can be always be better. But now with a great service, it's totally okay to pay $9.99 to actually have all the music in the world at your fingertips 100%. around the world. 100%. So I, I figured that um, if we could fix the consumer markets in the world, I started looking at this um, you know, ugly duckling of the music industry referred to as background music, uh, which is the music that we all know, and specifically on this podcast, is such an important ingredient in the customer experience at, at a restaurant or a bar, right? Um, so I started looking at that market and I realized it was the same problem all over again. That market was just as broken and as corrupt as the, um, the consumer markets that we previously fixed. Uh, hence, uh, I set out to, to digitize and fix background music, which just answering your question means 
when you have a restaurant or a retail outlet or a commercial venue, you can't just go and use Spotify or Apple. It's the equivalent of opening a cinema with a Netflix account, more or less. It's not licensed for commercial use. The service is not built to deliver a branded experience and whatnot. So I built the first you know, business to business or for business service for music streaming and the technology and the licensing in place to help entrepreneurs uh, create better experiences. So I love that. And I, I want to make sure to highlight, I, I love the example. You can't open up a, a cinema, a movie theater uh, with your Netflix account and just sort of sell tickets and <laughs> show your stuff. And I think there are a lot of uh, business owners who, who don't realize it, who never realize that, that, that they're harming artists um, or, or breaking the law to a certain degree. And I don't even think they ever realized they were doing it because it takes so much to open a restaurant, right? You got to get the permits and you got to build it out and you got to hire and you got to adhere to all. There's all this stuff you have to do. And for many people, and this is what I think we're really going to get to, is music is like an afterthought where it's like, oh, okay, we need something on in the background. Okay, so you send your hostess to go put on a put together a playlist. Like, go put together a playlist. I want something like up-tempo, jazzy, you know, these are the artists I really love. And they go and do it, and they create a playlist, and it's, you know, whatever, 200 songs deep. And the restaurant owner says, yeah, that's really great. Okay, yeah, just put that on. That'll work for now. And we, we can always fine-tune it later. And on the surface, it's uh, it seems like that's what you should be able to do. But again, if people, if you've got 50, 100, 200, 5,000 people a night in the background, um, you don't have a commercial license. The, the Spotify is a, is a personal thing. So you could play it for the, the 12 people in your home that you have over for a dinner party. Um, that's, that's different than uh, providing music ambiance environment for a commercial uh, entity where you're, you're making money off of that experience. So I just wanna make sure we highlight that. So, because you are the servant of two masters here. Number one, trying to fix that broken piece of the industry, which is background music. And then the other piece to it, which is that at the same time, and I think this is the, the beauty of, uh, of, I think what you do in the conversation I really wanna have, which is that we're gonna fix the broken piece of the industry, but also provide a, a, a better experience than having the host go put together a playlist of some of your favorite artists. So, so talk to me about that. If we've now brought attention to this problem that many restaurant owners aren't aware of, you're acutely aware of it, the industry is, is aware of it, the artists certainly are aware of it. Let's say we've now brought their attention to that and we say, okay, well, yeah, we, we certainly wanna make sure everyone's taken care of. Why, and there's other services out there Talk to me about what you guys are doing with Soundtrack and, and, and why you're so passionate about that in particular for the business owners. Well, what I realized when I was building services for hundreds of millions of consumers is that it's, it's not easy to curate, not even to yourself or choose music in, 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 in normal terms. Um, it's a very sophisticated uh, exercise even for your own headphones like you get tired after you get you know 50 60 tracks going and then you kind of get bored and you got to do it again so curation or choosing music for a specific brand or a specific experience becomes even more complicated so as a business owner and you know trying to serve up for a business environment, it becomes 10 times more complicated than just curating for yourself, which already takes a lot of time. And in and what ways? What, in, 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 yeah, in what, in what ways? Ex explain that. What, why does, uh, why is it so difficult? Why is there that fatigue? So 
let's just take an example and I'm trying to like oversimplify it here instead of talking about algorithms and kind of how you how we interpret brands in terms of music and so forth. But when you curate for yourself, you can play one track with Chardet and then you can play one track with Rammstein and one with Van Halen and you don't really care. The, the experience doesn't have to be aligned. It's all about your personal preference at that moment or wherever you are in the world right now. When you are curating for a specific social or commercial context, meaning a public, uh, basically a public room or a public experience, and together with a brand, uh, maybe you have a restaurant that has an Italian profile, um, and you have a certain type of clientele that's maybe you know fancy upstreet New York, then obviously you have to take all of those the brand, what does the brand sound like? What are these customers expecting to experience when they come in and listen to my brand? And what are those customers expecting to hear on a Monday during lunch versus a after drink, after dinner drink on a Thursday or a Friday? It's still on brand. It still has to be the elegant Italian experience with the personality of me as the entrepreneur, perhaps. And it needs to be even a bit more up-tempo and fun on a Thursday than on the Monday lunch. So once again, it has to be on brand. It has to be a consistent experience over the work week with the different tempos and the different types of customers coming in for the different types of purchase behaviors you're trying to trigger, right, as a business person. And then you have to update it um, with a good enough frequency so your staff doesn't go crazy uh, of hearing the same tracks. And, and all <laughs> restaurant entrepreneurs listening to this would probably, re this resonates with them. Yeah, they did knows. the first playlist, they, they did the first playlist, and then 10 days later, staff comes, please, Ola, can you just change <laughs> music for once? Like, we're so tired. And, and once again, what we're here to do is, is bring technology to a very to to the rescue here and and in a simple way help entrepreneurs use our algorithms and our pre-made playlist but with the power of 100 million tracks in 75 markets constantly deliver the soundtrack of their brand should you have one restaurant in detroit or a hundred restaurants around the world independently of what kind of type of restaurant you have uh, you need to be able to deliver on brand all the time and see to it that people stay and buy more rather than leave because, you know, so, uh, they heard the same track five, five times. That's right. So then I want to I want to pull up this thread just a little bit further. You, you talked about this sort of upscale Italian restaurant, right? Not not necessarily fine dining, but let's let's set the stage and talk to it. Talk to this for a minute, because you're absolutely right. We have all different day parts in our restaurant. We've got our lunch, we've got our dinner, we've got that in-between time, right, which is uh, maybe happy hour or something. We've got our late night, um, you know, as service, as dinner service is winding down, but maybe the bar is, is a little bit more energized. We've got the Monday afternoon is different than the Saturday night. Um, they require different things. So talk to me. I'm the owner of this place we described, and I come to you and I say, hey, I heard you on this podcast. I think it's really great. Talk to me about what what would you do? How does that conversation begin? How can they begin to say, okay, great, yeah, I, I, I'm using the same playlist. It's the same 85 songs. Uh, they hear it Tuesday afternoon. They hear it Friday night. They hear it Saturday for brunch. 
how do I begin to fix that? How, how do how do you begin that conversation uh, with a, with a business owner, with a restaurateur? Sure. Um, so first, I'll ask you, Chip. Let's just play a role game here. Uh, let's say you are that entrepreneur. Yes. Um, Chip, did you did you create that playlist that you already have? Thinking about your brand and the customers that you want to meet, are you happy with those eighty tracks to represent what you want your brand to sound like? Yeah, so I put together songs that I thought were sort of evocative and you know epitomized what we were all about. But I didn't think about all the things that you just said, which is day part and energy and sort of purchase behavior and all that. So I feel like this captures well, but maybe not as fully. Okay, well then let me help you. And I'm assuming you've used Spotify and you probably don't know that that's not totally okay, but I'm not gonna talk to you about that right <laughs> now. By the way, if you're doing... Uh, if you're using Spotify, which is not your fault, by the way, because nobody's informed you about it yet, really. So so I'm just going to help you fix that and take that problem away. Uh, at the same time, I'm also going to ask you, I'm assuming you're paying ASCAP, BMI or or GMR or someone else as well, right? So, yes. All right. This is the good question. So I think there are, I'll pause here and I'll be uh, chip the moderator, not chip the restaurant <laughs> owner. I think. It's funny because uh, when I was very early in my management career, when BMI comes around or when ASCAP comes around, some guy you know walks up to the front door. It yep. seems like somebody trying to, to you know, shilling something, trying to. You're like, I've never, I've never heard of that. Get out of my face. But it's absolutely true. So these are, you know, these are licensing agencies that uh, that help pay the artists who wrote these uh, these songs. So. I'm yep. going to say some percentage of the listeners do have an agreement, do, do have something in place. Let's pause there and 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 talk about that. Well, let me help. Let me help you uh, in the context of this this role play, but also everyone listening. Um, they are organizations that represent um, parts of the artists and the songwriters, but we've we've actually included them in our service as well. So if you are paying them directly then you can cover them through buying soundtrack as well. So then you, you won't have to pay them directly. You can get one, all of it through our service with one cost, which is great, by the way, because you don't have to have four different contracts. Love it. Uh, as, as well as you get a great music service that also is licensed uh, as saw Spotify and Apple are not. So with soundtrack, as an example, you get all of the licenses ever required f full stop. Uh, and you can focus on what we're now going to discuss. What's the soundtrack of your brand and how, how do we help you save time, money and anxiety uh, of delivering, you know, an, an awesome experience in a restaurant. So, Chip, you have your 80 tracks as a good starting point. You've done your homework. That's better than most people have done. So let's just take those 80 tracks on whatever service you're using, say it's Spotify. And let's import them to the soundtrack service. Okay. And what you can do with just a click, you can import that. And we analyze those 80 tracks. And we can help you recommend uh, additional playlists or augment, uh, evolve or develop that playlist into a longer playlist. But it more or less helps us identify what type of brand you have and what you want to sound like. So with that, you've taken all the hours you already spent on Spotify, not knowing that you can use it. And we've, we've just helped you, you transfer all of that work onto a legal platform. So that's the first step that I want to help you with. And that's done in 10 seconds because we have all the music that Spotify has, but licensed correctly for commercial use. Love it. So, so now we have um, 80 tracks representing your brand. 
Um, may, our service might have recommended a bunch of other great pre-made soundtracks that are great for Italian restaurants in New York, which you'll see when you go into our service. So all of a sudden you can start choosing a bunch of playlists that, that sound like, for example, Italian dinner or uh, Italian up-tempo. You'll see that you'll, there's this whole new world of, of, of packaged music for you. So all of a sudden we're going to be there with maybe 10, 20 playlists that you feel really kind of is the expanded version of, of your soundtrack. So then you have the right music for your, for your restaurant. Let's now try to deliver that music at the right time. So the next thing I want you to do is open up the music scheduling part of our service where you actually can take those playlists and put them into a calendar just as easy as when you're planning your week through Google Calendar or whatever you're using. You drag and drop the playlist into a, a work week and you can you can put them in different time slots or you can you can blend them in different time slots so that all of a sudden instead of just having 80 tracks in a playlist you all you have a full work week with the right sound at the right time through that week so Love then it. you have your first music schedule and if you have for example chosen um elegant italian dining which is actually one one playlist that's on our service of the thousands of thousands of ready-made uh, playlists, you're not going to have to update that uh, playlist either because it updates itself all the time. So it's never going to grow old. You're always going to have new, fresh songs in there, but that's on the same theme. So if you get all the way to a good packaged music schedule, I would say you're almost done until retirement because <laughs> you can work with that. You can go and sell more wine and pizza and pasta and not focus on the music anymore. Yep. Uh, so the right music, first and all, starting with what you had done on Spotify, importing that, legalizing that, then expanding that into a much broader music selection, and then time slotting that through a work week to get the per right music at the right time. Should you then be very successful, which I think you will, Chip, you're going to open a second and a third restaurant, and maybe you'll open one in Europe or who knows. Then on that same account, you can open new uh, restaurants on your same account and you can manage them all from one instance in our service, right? So we have chains on our service managing thousands of restaurants worldwide, yep. juice bars, uh, with one person centralized in the system, seeing that the right music is played at the right place at the right time worldwide, always on brand, but maybe a little bit of different sound in Stockholm where I'm at, all the way in Northern Europe, Sweden than in Chicago, but it's still the same brand, but it's a little bit of, of a different twist. And obviously the time zones are different. And there's also a repertoire that's Swedish in Sweden and Anglo-American in the US primarily. So once again, just trying to oversimplify this quite daunting task that you're confronted with when you realize, oh, how am I gonna have, you know, do this right? And how am I gonna get every moment right? Because that's what you want as an entrepreneur, right? You want it to be perfect. You yep. want it to be perfect. You want the timing to be perfect. You want it to be served perfect. You know, customer. one of the things that I've always liked about the Spotify service is the discoverability that I can keep discovering new music that, you know, it's that it's algorithmic, right? You say, hey, if you like this, I bet you'd really love this person or that person. And what I find is, especially apropos, that's me personally as the consumer. That's something that I've always enjoyed about it. But from a business owner perspective, I don't necessarily want 
the songs that everybody knows. I want songs that are going to be one or two degrees away that are going to sort of match the the tempo, the style, the the tone of the 80s songs. But I, I want, you know, in the spirit of background music, um, I want people to be focusing on the meal. I want them focusing on the room, on the service, on the guests. And when a song is one or two or three degrees removed away from anything they really know, um, that can just be there to support what we're actually trying to do, which now we get to the heart of like, you know, it's like that one geeky kid uh, that we were all friends with that just knew way more music. And when you looked at their playlist, I'm like, I don't know any of these bands. I don't know any of these songs, but they were always good. And, and I think that's something that's uh, beautiful that comes out of using a service like this that actually can be a better um, creating a better experience than you yourself could put together because it's got a broader base of knowledge to pull from, not just the the 40 bands you know or or think of when you go to put together a playlist, but all kinds of other stuff. Fair enough? Yes, absolutely. And you're and once again, back to the history um, that I've gone through as a as a music tech professional is that once again, it's completely different what on when you're acting as a consumer, you know, you can jump up and down left and right. And you can you can get stuff on your headphones, that's terrible. And you just you just go to the next track. If you're in a restaurant that cannot happen. And uh, and it needs to be perfect. Uh, or and as you said, there's actually a parameter in our service called recognizability, hmm. which is exactly what you said, like uh, top, um, you know, top hits, if you may, with what's called frontline catalog in the music industry, isn't applied in, a, in the background music space a lot. It's, it's on the contrary, it's exactly what you described. It's two, three layers down in terms of recognizability, uh, where, where you don't want the people to understand or kind of react to oh this track. Um, did you want them to just feel it and it just in harmony with the rest of the experience, but not take over? Uh, that's for most of, of the, the commercial experience on a Thursday afternoon or a Friday afternoon, the level of rec recognizability can go up, uh, but, but it's a sophisticated equation. You, you have to use music to stimulate the type of consumer behavior you're looking to achieve, not everyone standing on the, you know, on the table dancing, uh, recognizing because then they yeah. don't have time to buy more <laughs> drinks or, right. or, you know, sit down and have dinner. That's right. It's funny because I think about so and this is I want to get into a little bit, I guess, more of a, an esoteric part of the conversation. But I feel it's it's, it's absolutely crucial. Um, in the past, I had put together playlists where during the day or certain days, it was more important for me to turn tables, right? There's sometimes we want people to stay and order another drink and order another drink and get dessert and get coffee. And, and I really wanted them to build check average. And there were other days, for example, on like a Saturday or Sunday brunch at restaurants where I just needed to turn tables. I need every table to turn in 75 minutes, no matter what. There's no lingering. It's not worth it for me to sell one more Bloody Mary. I need to get another six top sat. And so... Now we can think more intentionally about, hey, what do I want the consumer behavior to be? So talk to me about that, because now now I want to draw from some of your experience working with not just brands in the restaurant space, but you work with a lot of big retailers as well. And I know retail is uh, specifically focused on this, especially when they have a huge data mm -hmm. set of hundreds of stores or thousands of stores to pull from. And they know what 
because they can see the data, they know what certain music at certain times of day will do. Talk to me a little bit about those conversations and the relationships you've built and, and, and help me understand how we can apply some of those learnings to what we do in the restaurants. Yes, it's there's this um, there's this brand requirement that I just spoke through the right music at the right place at the right time. But then there's a functional layer as well. What type of behavior are you trying to stimulate uh, on the floor? Um, so and there's a lot of research we actually did. We've done a bunch of research both ourselves and with academics is primarily in the US actually because you guys tend to be better on kind of running these types of businesses because there's more volume and there's more data in play. So we did it with a huge uh, as one example, huge hamburger chain out of Chicago. Uh, and we we ran our model through all their retail outlets in one big test market uh, and applied uh, our science on top of it, uh, the soundtrack kind of model, um, which led to 9% top line growth in sales, uh, statistically proven on a pretty big base and during a three month experiment. And what we that's just giving you what it could lead to yeah. if done correctly. Yeah. And this is a fa- obviously a fast food chain that everyone knows about. Um, and what when they applied our model, they did the whole, the soundtrack of um, exercise with us and trained the machines to, to deliver the right music into their settings all time. Uh, trained the machine, sorry, that means using our AI to to deliver uh, the soundtrack of, of that brand. I can't say the brand, but, it, but everyone knows what it is. <laughs> um, and then back to your point and an and, and understanding over the whole kind of work week, what stimulus are you trying to deliver uh, to the floor? Sometimes you might want to, you know, increase tempo to move uh, people faster yes. through the tables. Um, sometimes you want to decrease tempo and provide them with some time to sit down and have a dessert, an extra dessert, because you really want them to stay because you don't have a full restaurant. Sometimes you want to use a different soundtrack to get people who are standing in line to not get too disturbed of the perception of time or kind of leave the line and lose that business, which also is a critical kind of which I'm sometimes surprised even when walking into sophisticated retailers or uh, hospitality brands, there's a long line and you're like, I can't believe I'm going to stand here. Why aren't they doing something about this to get me faster? Yeah. A hundred percent. Amazing, right? I have have $20 in my pocket or $30 that I just want to spend in a second. Why isn't this fixed? So if you You can have two or three of those... It's amazing, right? We were in Disney last year, and Disney started doing these uh, where you could just check out yourself. You check out yourself, mm-hmm. and on the way out the door, they've got security. they got people greeting you, and they would just check your stuff um, in yep. any event to, to sort of solve. There, there are all these things and uh, really compelling case studies with other other big brands there. So, okay, great. So, yeah, and I agree. The final this is great. point there, yeah, the final point is it's, it's not rocket science. Every, I think all yeah. entrepreneurs understand what they want to achieve and what challenges they have over the work week. I'm just saying with a sophisticated music solution, you can add another problem solving dimension to this. It's not going to solve the whole business for you, but it can absolutely be used as a business critical tool. Yeah. Uh, instead of today, just something that, as you described, oh, can somebody just, you know, make a playlist and we got to sort the music, which usually is the case. 
Today's episode of Restaurant Strategy is also brought to you by Seven Shifts. Seven Shifts is a team management platform built specifically for restaurants. Great restaurants are built by great teams, and Seven Shifts is your secret weapon to better understand your restaurant, to hit labor targets, and to keep your entire team connected. With drag-and-drop scheduling, in-app communication, task management, tip management, and more, it makes restaurant work a lot easier. From back of house to front of house, managers, franchise owners, and larger corporate teams, Seven Shifts has benefits at every single level. Plus, it integrates with the other systems your restaurant already uses, like your POS and your payroll. Turn your team into your competitive advantage. Restaurant Strategy Podcast listeners get three months absolutely free. Get started at sevenshifts.com slash restaurant strategy. That's the number seven, S-H-I-F-T-S dot com slash restaurant strategy to get three months free and join over 30,000 restaurants using Seven Shifts today. And yes, that link is in the show notes. 100%. So what's really interesting is that I think now in the age of big data, right, we've been talking about it a lot the last couple of years, but we've been collecting it for 30, 40 years. Now we're finally have the machines and sort of the processing power uh, to do something with that. And we say, uh, you know, data isn't anything new. We've been collecting data for a long time. Uh, now we've got the ability to actually read that data. And, and now and restaurants are notoriously uh, the end of the line. What we really have to do is not only collect the data, read the data, but do something with that data. And so to your point, right, there's sometimes where people are in line. Well, what's going to what's going to keep them in line rather than make them impatient and leave? Mm. What's the thing? How do we uh, how do we speed up turn times in a busy Sunday brunch in New York City? How do we slow things down after nine or nine thirty in our upscale Italian restaurant? Because at that point, there's nobody else coming in. So our goal at that point is literally just to nurture these covers these guests that we have in here and make sure we're maximizing the spend for everyone sitting here at 9.15 because we're yes. going to close the doors at 10 or 10.30. So how much money, how much more money can we make? How can we make them as comfortable as possible so they stay for one more glass of wine? They stay for a glass of cognac or, or, or whatever that is. And I love that we're talking about this. What I was going to say also is that, you know, there's so many great books being written on this subject, the psychology of transactions and and sort of price. And, you know, Danny Kahneman was writing about this, you know, what, 20 years ago with thinking fast and slow. But a lot of the solutions are counterintuitive at first when you hear them. Like this is a solution. This is something that we can be thinking about and applying to the business. And it seems counterintuitive. How can, how can music have a big effect? But like you said, I mean, that 9% number, that's that's no joke. Most of the people listening here, if you could add 10% to your uh, to your top line revenue uh, at the end of the year, that ends up that represents, I think, a pretty big uh, a pretty big increase. Um, that mm. I love that there's these sort of non traditional uh, solutions I, I, I to can, problems. I, I can I can try to simplify a little bit because I'm I'm really trying to kind of make it practical here. I think one very clear uh, conclusion that comes out of all of our kind of um, research and statistical models is that um, it's better to not play music than to play the wrong music. <laughs> so take that with you as a practical because, you know, uh, adding 10, 10% top line revenue versus losing 30% because you're not taking it seriously and some person from the staff takes over the Spotify account, which by the way is a massive liability in the US and starts playing really, really annoying pop music from, you know, top, top 40s. And, you know, I will personally walk out 
Like I, I can't stand it when it's off brand, <laughs> and you can. I'm obviously a little bit tilted, and in, in the sure. but but as but as a but as a consumer, uh, so and and once again, doing it properly is not complicated. It's not rocket science. We give you the tools. You can figure it out. You know your work week. You know your brand. You know how you want people to stay in the Italian restaurant after eight. Everyone knows this on your podcast, right? You yep. just you can you can figure it out. Um, and you can do it good enough or and sooner or later you get great at it and you 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 realize that it can drive your business but the worst thing you can do is you know not do it and let someone else do it and play something terrible because we've all known yeah. we've all experienced that yeah well the power of what you're talking about here and we, we've covered a couple different areas which i sort of as i was mapping out my notes here i was like there were sort of three points i wanted to make sure to get to um, we've gotten to the first two. Number one, the, the legal piece of it, which a lot of people just don't even realize. And I think we've covered that really well. So uh, everyone listening to this now, if you didn't realize it before, you now realize it. Um, you have to be able to do this and, and license music properly, legally, for commercial playing. Number two was how we could um, you know, help groom customer behavior, help People sort of stay more energized and active at the point when we need things to happen, make them feel more comfortable when we need that to happen so that they don't leave, so that they don't uh, leave the line, so that they feel comfortable to stay that extra half hour and have one more glass of wine. That was the second point. One of the things that you wrote in your notes, so we sort of exchanged um, uh, some emails in the beginning uh, when we were mapping out this uh, conversation about um, what we might talk about or sort of putting it together a rough skeleton for it. And, and there was something really interesting you um, you wrote here, which was about how um, music can sort of lay out, you know, a sensory experience. And certainly the aesthetics in a in a restaurant are important. I understand that. But you wrote here that it would strengthen the relationship between guests and actually breed greater loyalty. Talk to me a little bit deeper about that. Again, this is a little like woo woo esoteric, but um, but I understand. I think I understand what you're saying. But I want to. I want to know your your perspective on that a little bit more clearly. Well, so um, I'll try to once again also uh, make a simple point. Um, as as a consumer um, consuming my city, Stockholm, as an example, or if I travel to New York, or if I travel to L.A., or if I travel somewhere in the world, Ibiza. Uh, a lot of my uh, kind of mapping of where I want to go in a city for dinner, for drinks, is based on the music that has been presented at that venue. It's, it's you know, it's not, uh, um, I'm not the first person in the world that things like that. A lot of people uh, in the broader consumer markets think about, oh, that's, that, that, that place has great music. I always go there on a Thursday because it's such a good vibe. What do they mean with good vibe? good people that have come there for some good food and some good drinks in combination with music as a recipe of a, of a customer experience. Yep. Music in these um, brands and venues um, are a, you know, a critical component in identifying what type of place they are, identifying together with the people who are visiting that place and say, I I love the music, I can identify with it and the group that's in there, I will come back and re-experience that recipe again. So just as, as another example, imagine if you had a really good venue with great music on and then all of a sudden you stop playing music. 
I can guarantee you that you will see a direct effect in your revenue beyond that point. Or you changed and you started playing unfocused music or not on-brand music, you would see mm -hmm. an effect on the revenue and the loyalty, which is equals revenue moving forward. Yeah. So once again, not more sophisticated than anyone in here uh, would understand, but we all need to remember to stay disciplined and really put the attention to detail when you put it together, because it's the attention to detail that will create that connection and the loyalty and the recurring visits and increased revenue. Yeah, I love that. It's funny because when I work with a new client, a uh, new restaurant client, one of the things I always have them do, um, I talk a lot about internal marketing and external marketing. And I call internal marketing the four walls marketing, meaning everything that happens within the restaurant. External is everything beyond. So external are the emails we send and the advertising we do and the social media posts. Um, but for me, the internal, the four walls marketing is, is way more important because the experience itself will advertise itself, will, will market itself. And, and I always tell people, I said, if you started at the front curb, right, or, or your parking lot and walked all the way into your restaurant, all the way through your restaurant, just thinking of what do I wanna do and what's, what's out of alignment with what I'm trying to accomplish and be ruthless about it. I say, you're gonna look at your sign and say, that's not really exactly what I want it to look like. My logo, the, the way my menu's presented, right? The, the feel, I mean, literally the feel of a door. Does it, does it, is it a push or a pull? Does it open easily or not? Is it a double door? Is it a, is there a vestibule? I mean, every little thing, how does, how do you transition someone from the outside world to the inside experience there? You know, and everything from the way the seats feel to what people see when they're looking around the table, to the lighting, to the, to the noise level, and really the sound and the music. And I said, if, if we can get very intentional about every little thing there, applying the same sort of effort that we put to uh, the food, to you know how much we figure out the pricing is or our steps of service for the servers, for the kind of wines we have on our wine list. I, I always make the argument. I was like, the guests in our dining room know much less about food and beverage than we give them credit for. They come there going, I, I don't know much, but I know it's gonna be great here and so I trust you. Show me how best to experience this. They actually know more about lighting. They actually know more about music than they do about anything that's on their plate or anything that's in their glass. Mm. And when you think of it that way, because they've got, they grew up with music. They grew up, they turn on the lights in their living room every night. Mm. They turn them off. They turn them on in their bedroom. They turn them off. It's something that we've got more experience with. And food, certainly different styles of food, different, you know, uh, from different uh, parts of the world and all that. I mean, there's different flavors, different uh, cooking techniques and all that. They, they mostly, I, I've been in the industry for over 24 years at this point. Um, I still feel like I know nothing about food, even though this is what I do for my mm. living. And so the average consumer kn knows much less than than even I do. And and I think it's um, I think it's sort of speaks to the broader point that you're making here, which is that it, it matters to it matters to customers, and they do notice whether they'll say it or not. They will notice. Yeah, I mean, I can just I I was in the U.S. working this summer. And uh, I was in LA and I walked in for a Italian lunch in a nice Italian place. And they were playing Britney Spears and uh, there's nothing wrong with Britney Spears, but it, it sounded like, you know, a nine year old was curating the place. Uh, and it was, it was such a clear crash. Like it's, a, yeah. and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm actually happy, you know, that sometimes I experience when it's so completely wrong 
that you you know and any entrepreneur can relate to that they walk in yep. and it's terrible and you're destroying your business for no reason yep just just put it on the to-do list that's all you need to do and think about it for 30 seconds and get a good service and do it good enough then if you want to evolve from there it's up to you yep. but but really it's 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 one of those as an entrepreneur a no-brainer but I do understand sometimes you can miss it. You have so many it's, other things to take there's care so of. Many other, there's so many other things, 100%. And as a restaurateur, mm. this is an industry, especially the audience of this show, mainly independent owners and operators, by definition, they have to wear a million hats. They are the chef, mm. they are um, their engineering, they are plumbing, they are HR, they yeah. are you know on and on and on. And yeah, to now be sort of music consultant you know, or the music engineer, somebody who's um, who's responsible for that. It's hard. I will say there's one other thing. My very first job in New York City, um, I was part of the opening of the uh, the W Hotel right in Times Square. And it was something that at that time, and I can't speak to it now, but the W was really finely attuned to this, this conversation we're having. And uh, one of the guys who had came in to do this when we were, when I was uh, at the early stages of that, he said, you know, people eat three times a day, right? Three meals a day. But they are seeing for much longer. They're smelling everything. They're hearing everything, right? Their ears are always on. Their noses are always on. Their eyes are always open unless they're sleeping. You're eating. You're tasting only, a, you know, maybe an hour a day, an hour and a half a day. It's as opposed to the 16 or 18 hours a day where we're seeing, hearing, and smelling. He said that has a much bigger impact, and they were really crazy about environment, right? Right when you walk in, especially out of the craziness of Times Square, right? The 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 lighting, the sound, the smell, the temperature. They were they were really attuned to that, and how do we make it really comfortable? And the things that the the efforts they went to to sort of um, balance that and put guests at ease. It was really cool to watch. It's funny now, twenty I don't know, twenty one years since opening that restaurant. Now we were having this conversation, and as you're talking about it, it reminded me of that as well. When he says mm. we're seeing, hearing, and smelling way more than we ever taste in our lives, and yet mm. all the attention we put towards the taste aspect of it, because we said, oh, people are coming here to eat. They're not. They're coming here for a date. They're coming here to connect. They're coming here to entertain clients the meal is just sort of the pretense like well we're going to meet and we have to eat so let's just meet while we eat um we got to get to know each other on our date you and i are both going to eat tomorrow night so why don't we eat together it's sort of killing two birds with one stone i mean when you think of it in terms of that it, it puts a lot of the stuff um in much clearer focus yes and once again it's 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 not that hard it's the attention to detail and the willingness to go through what you just described and being an entrepreneur and taking a decision and following through just like you do with everything else. Yep. Um, the good news is now there's tools to do it. Um, so I, I think I, I think there's a, previously W Hotel had the resources to do that those things. They still do and they can they can invest in consultants and not everyone has those resources. Yep. So yep. I think now at least I'm contributing to the enablement to everyone to to be able to soundtrack their brand and think as forward leaning as W did in the beginning um, by just buying a service for 35 bucks online. So I love it. So I think, yeah, yeah.
I, I love it. I mean, the the power of Spotify, right, is that it was easier and better than any of the free music sharing, you know, pirating sites that were out there. And I think the same thing is true here. Like, if you're going to do it and you have to do it, you might as well do something that will actually help make it as efficient as possible. And, and I'm sure people listening to this are going, yeah, I could make it better. And it's really easy for me to just oversee it and check in on it once a month. And not have to worry once you sort of set it all up and drag and drop, set up your calendar. You don't have to. You don't have to make sure that the host turns on the right playlist at the right time. You don't have to make sure that they switch over from the daytime music to the nighttime music. Uh, by your explanation, it just it just does it automatically once you've as long as the system's turned on. It's uh it's good to go, right? Yeah, I have one more uh, thing that I think we can help people. And listening to you, Chip, about how you help your clients and. The, the what you call the four walls or whatever it was inside the restaurant. But also there's a cool aspect of the digitization of music in general. And what I see a lot of our customers do, they they have they lean in and they really pay attention to the music curation and the, the time slotting of that music over the week. And all of a sudden they realize, wait a minute, on Thursday afternoon, uh, we got a DJ coming in or we actually have a theme, the 80s or 90s hip hop or something like that. And they realize that's actually an event. We can create an event around a music genre. I just mm -hmm. had a, a client in London do this on Thursdays, like 90s hip hop as a concept uh, on Thursdays. And they didn't even bring in a DJ. They just curated like 100 tracks from, you know, Biggie Smalls to Tupac or whatnot. And they put a theme in and they put it out in their email to, to your outside of just the four walls as well and say, hey, we got hip hop night going on on, uh, on Thursdays and send out a playlist to Spotify, which is totally legit, by the way, because if you're consuming it uh, as then, and we can connect to Spotify, so they get like a taste of what's that experience to come. And they fill the joint every yeah. Thursday because there yeah. was this big group of people that. who just like that genre. So they, they use the music service also to activate a specific event. And then they, they did a couple of other kind of music events. And, and it's a very low marginal cost activation of your restaurant in, in a day where you want to kind of bring up the tempo or have more bar guests. Yeah, so there's, there's not only just a kind of background, you can also activate to the foreground with music and use it as kind of an event driver. Not all I the time, it. maybe, but, but as a kind no, of marketing for, tool as well. And for the right concept, I think I think you nailed it right on the head. I think that's going to be really important to a lot of people listening. Uh, listen, I've loved this conversation. Uh, I want to be respectful of your time. I got five questions that I ask all my guests on the show. Uh, are you cool to Ooh. answer my five questions? We'll see. They're super. <laughs> they're super easy. There's a. You're going to pass. No worries. Um, tell me about the last great meal you had. Um, it it was actually at home last night when I made my homemade lasagna to my kids. Awesome. See, I love that. I love that. Okay. Um, I want you to think back and tell me what's the last great hospitality touch you had? Um, there was a really great one up in Montauk, uh, Long Island, when I was uh, coming out of the U.S. back home um, at a hotel by the sea. Should I name it or? You can, sure. It's called the Moran. It's uh, up in uh, by the ocean in, in Montauk. I had never been before, but it was absolutely well packaged. And the recipe, music, music, uh, food and everything was packaged so nicely. Beautiful. Love it. OK. Um, here's my genie question. So if a genie came down, could grant you one wish as it relates to our industry, the uh, the food industry, restaurants, um, what would you think you'd wish for? What what, um, what would it be? 
you got just one wish to ask the genie. Uh, deliver all the all the food available in the world to my door as takeaway service. <laughs> we're getting so close. Can you even imagine where we were four years ago with uh, yeah. with takeout and delivery and all it's that? It's not just there how... yet. It's not there yet. No. That's why I still go out a lot. No, you know what's so funny oh. is that we say. Uh, so this is a book that came out uh, about two years ago called Delivering the Digital Restaurant. Um, it's written by uh, two people that I've become friendly with. They're colleagues, uh, Carl Orsborn, Meredith Sandland. Um, and they literally traveled the world. They're, they pulled all of their experiences. And they basically said, you know, we're just the tip of the iceberg right now, especially in this country, of, of what's possible and what's going to happen even over the next five or ten years. I think it's something like uh, takeout and delivery makes up like six or eight percent of all the the food service sales and compare that to let's say china which is like 30 or 32 percent mm. just seeing how much further we have to go to get there to where they're at mm. and um and even just how much further china can go and, and things like that mm. i think it's really exciting i love it um yeah i don't want to go anywhere either uh, all right fourth question uh what would you tell someone who's about to open their first restaurant well that's going to be easy uh think about your soundtrack Think about how you differentiate and how you create a group of people that will love the experience, and then you can work from there. I love that. All right. Um, last question. This is my um, my fortune teller question. Um, tell me about the future of restaurants. So I want you to look down, let's say, five years down the pike, and tell me what do you think is coming to this industry that other people may not see coming? Wow, I'm not I'm not the expert. I see it from my lens uh, every time I look at it. But I do consume a lot of restaurants worldwide, um, both from a professional perspective and a, and a private perspective, of course. I think uh, one concept that's missing that hasn't been really is when you're traveling alone or when you're not kind of in your own city. There's there's really not a lot of restaurants that try to serve up an experience where people meet that haven't met before uh, it's, it's usually you sit down with your with your team or you go to the bar and you almost feel a little bit uncomfortable depending on where you are in the world depending on culture and so forth talking to anyone else specifically in uptight cities like stockholm new york and stuff like that so i think uh, for lonely people both young and old um, a proactive forward leaning concept around in here everyone meets in here we get together eat people who we don't know you don't have to you know be the coolest kid or have the coolest group but we're here to meet new people that's something that i've reflected upon how hard it is i mean wow. it's, it's not usually stimulated I love that. that's that's one of the best answers i've had in a very very long time i love that answer um ola i appreciate your time uh, before i let you go tell everybody uh, specifically, where they can go to learn more about the um, about the software. Well, you can just go to our website, uh, www.soundtrackyourbrand.com or www.soundtrack.app. Awesome. Great. We will include that link in the show notes. Ola, I appreciate your time. Thank you for all your insights and perspective. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. So once again, I want to thank Ola for taking time out of his day to sit and chat with us. A lot to think about, a lot to consider. I hope uh, you've taken some notes. I hope you got some key takeaways from this episode. Again, all the links are in the show notes. I appreciate you being here. If you want to learn more about the P3 Mastermind, go set up a call, restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash schedule, free 30-minute call. We'll learn more about you and your restaurant. You'll learn more about the program. See if you're a good fit for that program. Go find that link in the show notes, and I will see you next time.